Yeah. <laughs> People didn't hear us say no, so they just started with the yes, and that's a weird way. You want to start with a no? <laughs> it's too late. Uh, what's up, time travelers? I am Alex Falcone. This is Ezra Fox over here. Hey, Ez. Hey, yeah. And we are... Uh, we are currently in the middle of recording a slightly condescending film school bonus episode. So I mentioned a little while ago I wanted to get more opportunities for Meat Buddies to be involved, and one of the ways was to have them vote on an extra movie a month that I would watch. I was calling it extra credit, and then during a conversation with Ezra, I figured out I could probably talk him into doing episodes if they were shorter, and I could schedule around his life. And so instead of extra credit, I'm calling this new bonus series Ezra Credit. And for this one specifically, it's going to be Bill and Ezra Tedit, I believe. <laughs> and the names are downhill from here. So this month... <laughs> we, we are pun first in terms of all of our choices. I think everyone should know this by now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not because this thing's a good idea. We're always just like, we're cooking up new ideas. We got a pun in the oven. So... <laughs> Bad. Good and I, thought of that, I thought of that before I called you, and I uh, just I was like, "This is going to be useful somewhere." If and I forced it in. You um, know why? You know why I didn't like it is because I bet I was like, Alex came up with that beforehand. If I know, been, if, I know. <laughs> even if it was just recently, it's still too. <laughs> if it was, been in the moment, it would have been like, "Oh, good job." If it was like, if this is more than five minutes old, oh, boo. Yeah, it's it sounded par baked. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay, um, that was <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Okay, so each month, Meet Buddies are voting on a movie that they want to watch, uh, want me to watch to help speed up my film school learning. And this month, uh, we are killing, we're with thrilling two birds with one scone is what we're going to do. Because, um, first of all, November, it's Keanu Vember. And so I had the Meat Buddies vote on a movie which featuring the great Keanu Reeves. Um, and so this movie narrowly beat out Constantine. Oh, I like did you see movie. Constantine? Yeah, you did. Totally. I haven't seen it, um, but I did. Chelsea and Sarah both said that they liked it and were later informed by fans of the comic books that they have capitalized wrong opinions. So right. uh, I guess you also share that wrong opinion. I mean, this is, I think, a thing where it's like if you've ever consumed like the movie version and there's another version out there that existed first. You probably liked the wrong one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing I'd like to get rid of is the shamey part, um, because a little bit, it's like I bet if you read the comic book, you would like it, but it would not be the same as if you read the comic book first and then watched it. I feel like you're always changing the consumption of the second thing, regardless of whether it's act, whether both are good, one is better than the other. You just the order is changing how you consume it. So there's no reason to be shady about that. If someone saw the movie first. Yeah, that's true. And they're just different. They're just different things. I think like people have a problem maybe when it's like, Oh, this is a more true representation of it or not. Uh, Right. It's just, it's yeah. That's a whole separate thing besides enjoyable movie. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe like how some, there's like an idea of like, okay, what is like, say like authentic Italian food or like Italian American food. Right. It's just like, it's like, it's diverged enough. That's a different thing. You can like both. It's just, it's not like, the fact that it's both like Italian quote, like that they both have the words Italian food in the title. That's kind of throwing you off, but it's like, they're really yeah. different and just treat them different. And don't worry about it. It's like, uh, um, yeah, like, um, like American pizza is like, if you, if you, if you come at me with like, this is very different from Italian pizza, all you're doing is giving America more credit than it deserves for something yeah. for culturally appropriating accurately or something. Cause pizza, American pizza, pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you, you know, count like say like, Chicago style, in which case we have that naming problem again. We should just call it a different words, and that's fine. <laughs> well, all, yeah, we should call it uh, hot cheese soup and a bread bowl. <laughs> See, um, I'm, I'm here for that. Exactly. It sounds great. I mean, I like, yeah, I like all the pizzas. Uh, this is from our friend, your friend, mostly Avery, um, from his book about New York. I feel relatively indifferent about New York, right? Ooh, Where he yeah. was like, all pizza is pretty good. It's got bread and sausage and cheese. It's like pretty solid. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I prefer New York style to Chicago style. Like, I, you know what? They're both good. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, here for, I'm up for pizza. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, oh. if, if look, if, 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 if bagel bites have taught us nothing that, you know, when you put pizza, you know, in lots of contexts, you can have pizza at any time, right? <laughs> that's very true. So, all pizza. Uh, I, uh, uh, so I, but that's enough about Constantine. Which oh, also, I, say, I liked Constantine's like, I guess like spinoff sequel, uh, the constant gardener, just part of the whole constant verse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
That's I'm all sure I've got more. No, I've, I'm sure there's. I other. really, I looked. Here's the thing. I was like, I wasn't listening to all your riff because I was, I was, uh, no. mis, I was misbinging for constant movies, and there really are not many. Oscars. So this is why I didn't like it as much. It wasn't fresh. I oh, could yeah. tell it was rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess there's the, yeah. the Constantinople. I guess uh, Istanbul song. That's, oh, that's yeah. the, that song counts as part <laughs> of the constant verse. Yes, absolutely. It's constant. Although it's kind of inconsistent. People named Constance. Yeah, constant. How about flu? constipation? <laughs> sure if it's happening all right like, constantly this verse is expanding like the real one so um it, but we actually watched bill and ted so this narrowly won out so we watched the, the third bill and ted movie which is like only like the second or third movie of 2020 that i've seen this year because they all got canceled so that's kind of fun did you see trolls this, world tour i did, <laughs> I did we've discussed this now i'm not well, no, under no circumstances but now that's like streaming on Hulu for free, did you see it? That's no under no circumstances. I am not caught up sure? uh, in the troll verse. I didn't see the first just, one. Look, you could just hold a doll and just skip ahead. It's fine. <laughs> I am not watching that movie. Um, I did see um, Onward, the Pixar or oh, yeah. Disney animation, whichever that was, um, which was quite good. And no one saw it because it came out three days before the world ended. Uh, hot take. I think Trolls World Tour is better. Because it touches on, uh, like, I guess, like, yeah, no, it c- touches on, like, white theft of, uh, of and, and cultural appropriation way better. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, if that's your standard. I mean, um, it is for this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that's not an important issue. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like going into the movies they knew that was the report card they were going to be graded on from you. Well, you should always assume it's going to be part of it. <laughs> so, instead, we're watching Bill and Ted 3 um and uh which is especially fun because the second bird that's getting a scone from us is that you and i both love time travel and we are working on a yet to be fully announced time travel project and we will talk more about that in the future Mm. but um i want to get going on this right now so uh but so anyway these are two exciting things we got keanu november and uh our upcoming unnamed time travel project um if you'd like to participate at home now i'm switching over to you you and not as you so if you'd like at home like to participate <laughs> now in nominate yeah go google some other joke um if you want to participate in nominating or voting on movies for extra credit you can become a meat buddy at metreon.com um, or you can just look us up on patreon you'll find it you don't need to use our vanity url but the important thing is if you become a meat buddy uh, 100% of your donations are used to support the show and we it's that's 100% of the ways that our show is supported so I really appreciate it and if you ha- any way I can possibly give back to the Meat Buddies I'm into it so if you have more besides Ezra Credit and Infrequently Asked Questions our segment where Meat Buddies ask us um, smart or stupid questions as they see fit become a Meat Buddy and uh, also we have Meat Buddy voting for the December Ezra Credit is going live soon so you can nominate movies now and we'll do a vote between some some of those suggestions coming up shortly uh, for December. We're going to be watching, shockingly, a holiday film. So nominations for, and you can stretch the definition. You can't say Die Hard because we already watched it. Mm. Um, but uh, any any int- any holiday, it doesn't even have to be one of the big three. You could find another holiday in December and let us do it. But um, uh, vote on those now. Metreon.com. All right, let's talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music, the 2020 film directed by Dean Parasat. Before we get too much further, can I say that I think you were calling it extra credit, which uh-huh. I like because the tur is neither an extra nor in my name. And I feel like that's canonically what it has to be from now on. to say extra, but if it's extra, that uh, it's extra. Yeah, it's got to be extra. Extra credit. Okay. Well, it doesn't I make sense, spoke. but it, it happened. And so now it's <laughs> canon. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music was written by Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson and starring Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, uh, bonus now, Kristen Shaw. In a crazy dress, uh, um, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne as little uh, baby Bill and Ted's, and um, William Sadler as the devil, and or not as the devil as death, and very briefly a hologram of George Carlin. Yeah. So uh, rest in uh, passion for him. Uh, my now before we talk about it, let me give people some. Ad- I'm going to give you a spoiler-free. Sent a summary of this movie and the preceding series just so i'm gonna i guess i'll spoil the first two a little bit but i'm not gonna no it doesn't matter anyway spoiler free i feel like because this only came out a couple months ago and no one's seen any movies that are new basically that are not um netflix series um 
I feel like I should be. We should be less on the spoilers than we normally would I, be. It's Do you a agree? tough one because well, I, I feel like anyone who really cares will have seen this already, and so like, and also I don't think it really. This is like more of I would say like a like you can't spoil Splash Mountain, right? Uh, it's like this is more just like a ride that's enjoyable. There's a mountain and there's a splash at the end, you know, and you yeah, should have seen that coming. Yeah, so it's like this is like this is if you're here for the ride, then it doesn't really matter if you know what's coming or not. Um, like, I, okay. I, yeah, that, that's my take on it. Like, I have a few things that I will probably not say specifically because I feel like it would take some of the fun away. It was there was some there is some fun to be discovered, but um, by and large, I think it's not as important. And you have had a couple months. In fairness, what what have you been up to? And what is literally time? nothing? Yeah. Also, what is time? Um, so, first, previously on Bill and Ted. In the first movie, Bill and Ted need to pass history class so they can form a band that will later become a religion for all of humanity. So, they use a time machine to collect figures from history and present them to their whole class at a big show. And what kind of time machine is it? It's a phone booth. It's a phone booth. It's a phone booth. That's fun. Because uh, back then, there were phone booths. I mean, look, back then, it was easier to get a phone booth than it was to make a prop time machine. (laughs) And they were smart, is what they were. In the second movie, Bill and Ted need to actually put together that band that becomes the religion for all of humanity. So they use a time machine to collect figures from history and then put them in a righteous band and present them to all of Earth at a big show. And Alex, what was the the time machine? A time machine, still a phone booth. Yeah, still a phone booth. And now, Bill and Ted face their most daunting challenge yet writing a song for that band that is good enough to save all of humanity and reality by collecting figures from history and putting them together into a band and presenting them to all of the people throughout all of time at a big show. And what was that time machine? Well, most of the yeah. time, it was a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was a uh, large uh, Fabergé egg, and occasionally it was a backpack on a Terminator. Yes. Yeah, I was a little bit of, I'd say, time machine drift. Uh, yes, in my I mean, for sure there is time machine creep in this third movie. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of time physics creep. This is definitely the, the, the 30 intervening years allowed them to think more about their thoughts on time travel. Uh, but we're going to come back to more of that. I guess just to wrap up, uh, fourth sentence about this movie that's really important you need to know is that um, to help them out, Bill and Ted now have their sons from the second movie but magically transformed into daughters uh, who are super fun music fans. And that's enough. That's all you need to know. Were they sons in the second movie? They're called Little Bill and Little Ted. Oh, that's fine. It seems like the movie was saying they were sons in that movie. And then they were like, uh, and they were like, hey, surprise. That's just what we named our daughters. Um, it, it is totally fine. It was like, it was, there's a perfect amount of hand waving uh, to make that work. I would actually say of the two main things that seem to change from the end of the second movie to the beginning of the third, the daughter, the sons, the daughters, no big deal at all. Um, from them being absolute mega celebrities known everywhere that are super successful to them being washed up jerks at the beginning mm-hmm. was a little harder to hand wave away. I mean, I think your main draw is William Sadler as death. And when you don't have, you know, like the physical representation of death, uh, you know, to pack the stadium, that's possible he is a real delightful character uh uh his saddler's death from the second movie was just excellent when he spun his base around oh man so fun Uh, so let me actually let me tell you though so you're gonna tell me your history of this movie um let me show you mine really quick which you may recall years ago you and i had to watch the second movie as part of a Keanu Reeves film festival for this very podcast that still exists for some reason. We really watched the second one for this? We did. I had never seen the first one. And I did not care for it when I watched the second one. Uh, partially because I had no context for anything. And just like I would feel watching Trolls 2 World Tour, I felt like there was some missing backstory and I couldn't really get invested in these characters. So I kind of hated two out of context. But to prepare for this, because I saw the writing on the wall with the votes from the Meat Buddies early in this month, and I was I knew we we're going to cut it close by pushing it back this far. But uh, Megan and I embarked on a three Bill and Ted month. So we watched them in order, one a week for the last three weeks. And uh, I will, I guess, not leave anybody in suspense any longer. I think every one of these movies is a gosh darn delight. Yay! So the first time I do feel like the lack of context was weird and I could, it was funny. It was like a fever dream. I watched it in a pile of other movies and I was like, when we started watching, I was like, I don't remember any of this. I thought they had a, um, in my memory, here's all I remembered of two is I was like, they have a 
cable access show and they travel through hell. One of those things is true. The other one's a music video. I clearly wasn't paying that much attention. So uh, it was very strange. But this time around, knowing the characters, I just loved this whole series so very much. Um, but so that's my that's been my month. My whole Kia November has been thinking about Bill and or Ted as you have a different experience, which is that you have always liked all of these movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never not liked this. Um, I did find an old email when we were discussing what to watch for Keanu or for Keanu film festivals early on. And you said, I really love both of the Bill and Ted's uh, then in existence. I'm really deeply trying to find when we. Oh, this is why. So like, I was like, I, I'm looking all over our mm-hmm. uh, actually. Yeah. So I'm looking all over our, our uh, episodes and we don't have any mention of Bogus Journey in it. We did discuss it in an email. That's what I had. I know. So, like, so I, I, this did is, we not end up doing it? And I watched it anyway. I think that's possible because, like, so, so I'm looking at like our two Keanu Reeves uh, like things. Uh, so yeah. once we did, uh, looks like it was Giant Mnemonic, uh, Point Break, that. and Sweet November. That's okay. episode 77, uh, and then for episode 42, it looks like we did. Um, uh, chain reaction, Lake House, and Feeling Minnesota. All right. Well, this is something we should definitely take care of somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter for this a... because I still am all here for for Bill and Ted. But I, here's why I think here's why I think we didn't ever talk about it, Alex, is because I'm still talking to you after you didn't like Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, <laughs> uh, which means I must not have known this. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think I must have seen the first one first um like this this comes out a little bit before me but and and i just i think i remember it was like most of rented on video and it just being kind of a really fun thing of like oh this is like it's like history and this is like light and fun i always like time travel also and that would definitely hit a sweet spot for me but i think the second one was like really really good for me a couple of reasons like one Mm. this is one of the first um okay so i had a tape of the soundtrack like the like the like a like a cassette tape of it and we'll listen to it. Oh. And this, uh, to place us, this is in an era where it's weird to buy tapes still, like when I bought this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but the car I had did not have a, um, a CD player. Um, and so it was like pre MP3. And so I got, yeah, like a, a used tape. Uh, and it happened to be the Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And I just loved the uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to you that, like, they're, they're, they're like sort of like the finale song. Uh, yeah. Play with Death, which is, which, which is an original song for the movie. I believe so, yes. Um, cool. Like there's a whole there's a death has a whole like verse on it basically I think also. Um, <laughs> um uh and uh yeah like I just remember that being super fun. I think one of the things I love the most also in in any kind of media is making something scary, taking something scary and making it funny. Um and their journey through hell. Um like and like playing uh like the spin on sort of like the the seventh seal uh uh death uh thing uh yeah. where they're like instead of like playing like you know serious game of chess you know they um you know they play uh uh like what is it like battleship and uh twister Eventually, twister and yeah every time basically I, like you know they win and like that's like all right uh best best two out of three and then he's like so this is three out of this five. is funny it's a great segment a great series although the premise is that death has never lost a game but we're not meant to believe that bill and ted are particularly good at games at all and so I have no idea why they were able to win every single thing so easily. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that that just Bill and Ted have a certain amount of like um, just really good luck at things like that. They're just like bad things don't happen to them in the same way. Like I think they're kind of these like great like like low like they're not super intelligent but they're like guileless and they're like i think generally good-hearted and i think like yes you know like luck kind of takes care of that on the whole um i do think maybe that it's been a while since death had been challenged um you know to to some of these and definitely some of these games i think they had never played he had never played for sure like i can't imagine you know, twister would have really come up before so death is not known for its flexibility uh, yeah i guess one yeah once you're out of the first one but um it just seems like he should be more skilled in board games if he's gonna make this deal i mean look how does the devil lose you know, when he goes down to georgia right there's lots of questions about these well like, okay so that's a totally separate question of which i have thought a lot so um number one he's playing a fiddle made of gold not in a good <sighs> material for instruments there's a main reason there's a reason why fiddles are normally made out of wood and cat gut and resin you can't just come out with a fiddle made of gold. That's it, they're decorative. Okay. Mostly. Well, here's a, here's what I was wondering. Like, because he said, if you win, like, right, if you win, you'll win this 
shiny fiddle made of gold. Yeah. yeah. Was he could have been gesturing to his right or left? No, I believe I believe he does play the gold fiddle. Is my understanding of it? Um, that is I, a rookie mistake right there. If that's what happens, yes, for sure, for sure. You can really Secondly, you can, like, you can read around the tape and like kind of circle like devil. Here is the issue you made. You played this fiddle and not the fiddle right next to it, which was made of good things. Also, I will the the devil does not just play. He actually brings out a demon band to back him. So that shows a lack of confidence and a willingness to cheat, which makes me think he's not actually great at any of these skills. He's just going to win anyway. Um, third, uh, he was uh, he was having to be good at everything, and Johnny only had to specialize in one instrument. So the devil, after he finished uh, fighting with Johnny over that, he didn't just like oh slink back to hell. He was like, oh, I've got a four thirty where I've got to play a shiny trombone made out of gold against this trombone player, and then nine, I'm playing. I have a, a xylophone off, which is like who even cares? Um, but I'm gonna play this golden xylophone, and he's like, I got to do a golden scrabble thing later. Like he's just can, he's got to do everything. Right, so he's I have an here's my theory on the devil. Yeah, mile wide, inch deep. That's all. Okay. He's just I can beat somebody at something eventually. So here's here's a pitch. All right, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna be like a devil apologist here now because I think you're telling. Right, me, I mean, how many podcasts have we done where you haven't been a devil apologist? <laughs> this is different than a devil's advocate podcast. Up. I do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Devil's Advocate podcast, where Ezra tells you how cool the devil is. <laughs> By the way, how come we didn't watch the Devil's Advocate for this? That's also great, Keanu. I know it was in the voting, or maybe it was actually. I think, yeah, I think it might have been. I Devil's I Advocate would be, definitely like, be an advocate here. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate advocate, where I go around telling people they should watch the Devil's Advocates during Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's a. I'm not sure there's a lot of money in that position, but someone's got to take it. I mean. uh <laughs> Someone <laughs> literally has to do it. It's, it's by law. No, here's my point. Look, the devil, from what I understand about hell, is underground. I imagine mm-hmm. there's just a lot of gold there already. Can you... That's true. It comes out of volcanoes, right? So if you have a really hot underground magma situation, a lot of... Lot, gold's cheap to him. Who I cares? Think, right. So it's just like, look, this is a... It's like those carny games where you think you're like... Uh, it's not... They don't want to like lose those... Uh, right? Those... Whatever it is. Uh, like the stuffed animals and whatnot. Yeah, the um, terrible stuffed animals. Yeah. Anyone, it's are, like, you know, they win no matter what. So that's my thinking. Like, I don't know how the devil did it, but that gold must have been worthless to him, right? It uh, really was, yeah. Uh, and and he's like, got no, so he's got no real skin in the game, whereas Johnny's got his internal, yeah. his eternal soul. And, and also Johnny says, come back if you ever want to try again. Like, just wait till he's got a got carpal tunnel. Boom, you got him in a fiddle off. Yeah, or I'll, yeah, I mean, like, there's probably some, like, some, 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 I don't know, lower back pain he's probably going to have from lugging that gold fiddle around, which, and uh, probably, like, I don't know, three minutes later, four minutes later, he's absolutely going to get jumped for it as well. Like, <laughs> you think he's, <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, sitting on a rock, right? That's the whole point of that song. Is he sitting on a rock playing fiddle? He's like, you don't think someone's going to try to steal your gold fiddle? Yeah, I, oh, I man. there's no way, no way that the devil, like, comes out, does not come out on top, in my opinion. I, I believe I would guess that uh, Johnny was like, you know, first chair Atlanta symphony after a little while. Um, I assume he like actually went somewhere with his fiddle skills and wasn't just like going around because there's only so much gambling you can do on fiddle, right? You can fiddle against the <laughs> How devil. How many people you were can, really? Yeah. You can't. No one's looking for a fiddle hustle. You know, you're not like sliding into town being like, who's the best fiddle player around? I'll beat him for money plus plus i mean like I, this was a fairly famous moment i think like once you know it's like hey what's your name johnny uh no i'm not fiddling you you're the one that gold fiddle uh no no thank you sir <laughs> oh man also it's possible i do my other theory is that the devil is a gambling addict and oh. so he is um just going around gambling all the time with everybody even if he's not good at it he just needs the rush uh there's a lot a lot to unpack here i really look forward to the the devil's advocate advocate uh podcast we do where it's all about different devil choices and the movie also i would say my main pod, my spinoff i would be interested in is the devil went down to georgia podcast that i have the devil's advocate went down to georgia podcast mm-hmm. where i just talk about how obsessed i am with this the story and the song which just has some holes there's, um, a, there's a lot there uh but so anyway i i just i love when uh scary things become funny things um just across mm-hmm. the board uh and i think that that movie is a really great transformation of it of, of bill and ted's bogus journey um and uh yeah that, that with the soundtrack which is really really good uh battle yeah. stations is good there's a lot of really good stuff on it um so uh that that kind of set me up for um I was, you know, aware of Bill and Ted three being in production for a while, uh, mm-hmm. and just really excited for it to come back. And then, I think also like I have, uh, it just it hit at a really good time. I was like, I need 
anything else than what's going on right now when it came out. And then it, it was something else that was happening. And uh, I don't know if you get this feeling also, but it's really nice to see people um, like who you like who are now older and realize that mm-hmm. it's still okay, I guess. Like, I, there's you, lot- you, don't, you don't think this movie scared you away from the idea of aging? Uh, no, because I think like the actual aging was fine. Like, like, right. Like the, the, you know, there's a lot of different versions of getting older in this, uh, that they sort of like deal with. Uh, yeah. Even prison aging seemed pretty fun in this movie. Yeah. Right. You get super jacked, uh, <laughs> so and, jacked. uh, and all, all the tattoos and, and like, I don't know if you stayed for like the, um, the tag at the end of the credit. Yeah, the yeah. tag. Yeah, which is also still delightful. I don't know, it's just like you can still tread. Yeah, they always they always have. Uh, you know, it's always good French. But 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 I think like I, I liked this when I saw. Um, was it Josh Gad was sort of like a um uh like hosting those like reunion uh YouTube things and just it was yeah. nice seeing like I think I saw the Ferris Bueller one um and just it was nice to see people older um and so like it's like oh yeah it's still you and it's just it's like it was kind of like seeing the old friends it's like it made me feel less bad about getting older myself um yeah i can see why this makes so this is like such a the series is such an attraction to you because just like good-hearted people just just like gen even if they're dopey they don't have to be but if they're dopey but just people who are unendingly good-hearted really really work for you this is sort of like a ted lasso movie this is in the yeah, ted lasso oh, verse. bill and ted lasso i would love that yeah, bill and ted lasso how did i <laughs> i started the sentence and i didn't even see that coming oh my god <laughs> oh my brain is worthless <laughs> oh, i should quit i can't believe i missed it you know i was good. thinking about it too I was like oh this is kind of like bill and ted and it, or this is kind of like ted lasso i didn't even oh my god anyway you know, so you know, this is part of the, the bill and ted lasso crossover this is what the plot of our of our time travel uh uh project is going to be it's just you going back to this moment when you get I mean, to I would, this joke this is the problem with the time even people ask like what you do the time travel and i'm uh, like i would absolutely waste it i would definitely want to go word that correctly again uh the bill and anyway the bill and ted lasso universe is what this is part of i was just genuinely good people and one thing that i have learned from uh about both of those things this week is that the people behind them are friends and genuine good-hearted people it seems and that plays in the show so like keanu is like famously the internet's like the nicest person in the world right now yeah. at least i mean we're going to turn on him at some point because no, the internet no, loves to do no, with people but it's been good going good for a good time and like also like he's like really on top of it where it's like he does not touch anyone in a photo if you've ever noticed this which is <laughs> he's like really really good like with personal boundaries uh so i'm feeling good oh man every every photo i've ever taken with somebody after a comedy show is my hand hovering three inches above their shoulders good. i am oh. not into com- and then sometimes people get are drunk and they will hug me and i will just kind of like cringe in the photo which is probably not great but I just am not big on in, um, crossing that boundary, even before this disease. Wasn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, was just a freak. I was just like un- unsociable. I think that's you know, look. This is this is uh, healthy boundaries, good for everyone. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, I, look, the thing I love about about Keanu Reeves is just like everyone was like really honestly sad when they saw a sad picture of him. Right? Like mm-hmm. this is like yeah. <laughs> this is a millionaire movie star. We're just like, I really hope he's okay. And that's yeah. like he's, he's a good person, man. Like, from, yeah, like he seems like him. Uh, uh and, but, and so reading about this series though is that um Bill and Ted, so or so mm-hmm. Keanu and oh, Winters uh-huh. and Ed Solomon and other writer Chris Matheson, that the four of them like became really close through the first two the making of the first two movies and have stayed in touch and are like they they, they've talked about this movie as a thing friends sitting around talking like what would be fun for us to do and in the spirit of the thing we all care about so much that's been so formative to all of us and you can see how that played out in this like completely non-cynical three make like to have to make a third in a series that is like so genuinely interested in it in what it's been doing well and like seems to know what it did well before but then is pushing it in the in interesting directions and surprising directions every time that's what i i love about this series so much is that i as i was joking with in my summary is like the structure of the three movies is exactly the same <laughs> and each time they find a way to surprise you in doing the same thing and that's a really satisfying way to make three movies uh, which I like a lot, but just to the Bill and Ted or to Ted Lasso, um, as I, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, watch that yet, but I, I watched this talk from the yeah, uh, creator Bill Lawrence and from uh, Roy Kent, the old soccer player who's one of the writers. Uh, uh, Brett, Brett 
Goldstein? Yeah, that was my guess also. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but just like two of the writers from that, the, the creator and one of the writers of the show, I just saw them give a talk and they were just like the nicest people. And they basically talked for an hour about how much they like each other and they're like working together. It was like, yeah, it's not, not surprising that that show, Ted Lasso, came out of a group of people who are super nice and are working together in a positive work environment. And I, it's just, it's just both of these are part of that where it's like clearly people care about these characters and are very, cl- very talented, creative people and also are good hearts. And that's, just really amazing yeah i I think the thing i like about this like i I like it actually when when people come back to their creations like with enough time and sort of like they were kind of thinking about these characters like what would they do and like um uh there was so like the reason i think finding dory came about was um uh was it pete doctor i think uh the the writer director um like he basically the he was thinking it's like i'm worried about dory like, like he sort of like had this thing where it's like, like, what, like, what if she forgets basically? Uh, and like, like what, like, I think to sort of like think like, what are the unanswered questions that you are like, cause you care about these people you are honestly interested in. And like, I think that mm-hmm. that was a cool thing to sort of, uh, um, oh man, I don't think it was Pete Dodger is the other guy. Well, I, I do, I do want to, uh, this is going to be sad for you to find out though, but, um, do you know that both those movies are in the same universe as finding Neverland? <laughs> the finding verse. The, the finding verse is a sad verse. It turns out it has some weird twists and turns. Um, are there any other funny movies? Well, so there's searching for Bobby Fisher, slightly different universe. <laughs> the like there's, there's the search verse, right? And then there's a separate, but hopefully connected finding verse. Uh, now you'll also think, uh, you're all, you'll also remember that the, uh, finding verse. Is it addition to the lost verse where, they, where, where lost exists? <laughs> No, I was yeah, yes, for sure. That's a different that's a related verse. But the key though is that the the finding verse um are also the keeper verse, but the <laughs> losers verse is the weepers verse. That's the important thing. Um that's pretty good. Also, uh my uh it was Andrew Stanton, so my my apologies to to Pete Doctor. It's good. Anytime I need I need if I want to have a little like if I if I if I think you want to get a name right, I'll just do a little monologue. Hey, just just set keep you up to ping it. Just yeah. vamp. Just vamp. <laughs> no, let me vamp while you Google. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they he had un- un- unanswered questions about it. Uh, yeah, and, and and I think that's that's just it's a delight to to have these characters I think be real enough uh, and to, like have them keep on existing and you're, you're trying to I think treat them with like just a lot of respect. I think that's the thing fundamentally that I like for sequels is that like I, did you treat the characters with respect? I guess and that that like for the ones I've like hated like um, say like uh, X Men Three, it's like it mm-hmm. felt like it didn't. Like this isn't how it should happen. Like this isn't what it happened. You didn't like these are these are precious creations. These are like full things, and and to to have it be at least come back and be like, okay, it's cool. Like, like it seems like you you care about this also. You care about the game that's right, even if it's like not necessarily a perfect movie. Um, like I it's think a that- little different with Pixar because Pixar, being a Disney product, I assume every movie they make, they take the creative team and lock them in a vault, and you only come out when you agree to another movie in that series. <laughs> Whereas Bill and Ted was like, it took them decades to make this movie because no one wanted to fu- fund it. So, which is shocking to me that a cult hit two movies no one wanted to reboot right now, um, or they didn't want they, they didn't want to do a a clean threequel. They wanted to do a full reboot. Although this is this is sort of like the first Disney Star Wars, where it was like it's sort of the same movie as the first one, but with these evolutions. Yeah, right. You can have you can have a spinoff if you want, right? Yeah, you could totally take these daughters now and send them on adventures um, with Kristen Shaw. You've got that set up, but it's still like it's just. I think it's a little different too when it's like a company that's not trying to make sequels. This is like the writing and the actors love the characters so much they want like are going to do this against interest for I, most of their I mean, careers. Wait, all you have to do is you have to just like wait long enough for the people who liked the first one to be in a position to make the decision yeah. for the second one and spend money on it this is why i we mean get, that's um, so true and also it's exactly why anime i was just thinking of the animaniacs reboot which we talked a little bit on the pod last week but um is a very is full of mixed feelings for me but um yeah exactly it's like the right the, this is why everything is on a 30-year cycle is because if you like something as a child in 30 years you'll have money and can like the, you'll be like have buying power and you can want it back yes, please allow me to buy my childhood again and any <laughs> yeah, exactly go down exactly um uh they also so one of the things i love is that they they played the same game with different twists i think that's really really fun um i also you know for shows 
kind of bringing back their making their kids do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like daughters, Bill and little Bill and little Ted. They were super fun. And they were also sort of a, a, I thought a good evolution on what somebody who loves music is like today versus someone who loved music when Bill and Ted had a camcorder and were like, someday we'll learn guitars. Yeah. I mean, these are people who, these are people who for $14 a month have access to all recorded music ever. One of the super fun things about this for me that I did not get on my first viewing. Oh yeah. So I was going to say, so I I watched this right when it came out and then I got through, I'd say most of it today also uh, in between, uh, in between all the rest of the, the, the life stuff. Um, uh, But, but one of the things I was realizing on the second watching was like, Oh, this is really fun. Like, like many Bill and Ted um, are huge history buffs for music, right? Like they, they are like, like yes. the specific things they're like you know, referencing and like their, their understanding of, of, of musical history is like really, really deep. And I love that. Like sort of it's starting out as like, you know, the first one is just them being really bad at history uh, and, um, and loving music. And then like their, you know, their daughters are able to like merge that together. Right. Or like, yeah, that's so true. It's, it's, it felt like this is like, Oh, this is a natural evolution of it where it's like, they're actually like, they really, um, right. If you, if you have, I guess, moms from the, from the 15th century uh, and like time traveling musician dads also uh, then like, yeah, it, it makes sense that this would be uh, kind of how you grow up with this love of both music and history. And you, yeah, that's such a good point. You'd also, you also have the sort of more modern, I think, or, I, I believe in a, a, a slightly modern sensibility about music where you think of putting together a new song as like literally a board with a bunch of flashing colored buttons that each play a little bit of a different song. Like it's got sample culture built into the way they think of creating music too, which I think is a smart, interesting um, evolution on music. Yeah. That's um, point. Yeah. Um, also, they decided to get rid of the homophobic joke from one and the double homophobic joke from two. And that was a good move. That was a smart move. Yeah, th- this is this is the, those jokes are the things that make me like most hesitant about recommending uh, the first ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's basically like it's one sentence short of being perfect, and that's that one. Um, but they did it again in the second one. I was like, well, I mean, it's a little bit later, but yeah. uh, but I did also read that both the, both the writers said they were like glad that the movie had a. Um, content label on streaming platforms now and they uh because they would not say that this time around and i i do think there's got there's got to be room for growth for people and so i like that about that about them um yeah this this was kind of like a just a delight for me kind of all the way through uh i guess the, the one thing that's weird i'd say is that like um like to my understanding i think pretty much um uh, Okay, never mind. That's not entirely true. I was going to say I thought like the um uh like all of the male characters basically like you know got to reprise their roles uh but all like the female characters uh, were recast. But that's not true cuz Missy was the same Missy. Um but uh Oh, she was. But the wives were different. Yeah. I yeah, I ugh, um I sort of assumed that it was up to them, but I don't know. I have no idea how that process went. I do not know either. Um if you know, write in. yeah it won't help us but i'm curious um i uh yeah i think that okay so let's talk about the time travel a little bit so this is a a, an interest of both of ours um so first just like the way time travel works in the first bill and ted movie is basically i think it's just like the simplest version of time travel which is we have a box Mm -hmm. it can go whenever and wherever without much trouble Mm -hmm. and Time travel works however it's funny. Like the way, like when there's the scene in the first one where they're like running through the office and there's like notes from their future selves that they've left as like a treasure hunt is like every bit of, or they're like, how will we solve this? Well, we know we'll solve it later. So let's just, now we have the thing. We'll just remember to bring it back and hide it in the bushes. Yeah. Like that is time travel working in a way that is like perfect for these fun characters doing a cool thing. And I really like that as much as I like more advanced time travel. Yes, it's a little bit time travel Calvin Ball, exactly. Uh, but with Calvin Ball sometimes doesn't seem to have fun as its main goal. This is just like the main goal is for Bill and Ted to have a good time. Yeah. And I like that. A lot. What's ever like useful for comedy. And the second one is basically the same thing. This one gets a little bit more tricky. And it does feel like especially, you know, Kid Cudi's character who is funny, but is like the overthinking time travel version. And it's like, well, we got multiple pair. We got infinity universes. We've got 
it just it does sprawl a bit there's time creep for sure yeah uh, and i guess in, in this one like there's you there's a little bit of maybe like i think it's a little slower to get out of the, out of the starting blocks maybe mm-hmm. like um where i, I think, think so like, like once i think once you get uh like mini bill and ted like on their journey also uh like i think that's that's like then i think things are more in motion but i think like the uh let's see and it's fun like i guess like to have both uh like time traveling uh like journeys kind of like go in opposite directions um and like you get like this kind of fun intercutting um but it feels like a little you know that there's a little bit of sort of like catching up i guess that's sort of necessary and and like yeah it's sort of like you know you're you're sending them on a hero's journey three times and they're always supposed to like say no to the call but each time they've become stronger heroes, so they're better at resisting the call <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. And so this one, there was just more them resisting going on an adventure, and I think that slowed it down. I do like Dave Grohl anytime he pops, pops up, though. You know, I... No? I, I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan. It's not my genre. I, You know, I... um. My, I have a, I have a good friend who who works for them, and I got to hang out in the sound booth and watch them do a show last year. Dave is a great rock star; seems like a really fun dude. I will just say, it seems to me unlikely that Dave wrote a generational transcendent song in 2025. He's just been putting out records for a long time, and it feels weird to me that he peaks in 2025. Uh, well, couldn't just be like you know. Maybe Dave Grohl does that like every five years or so. It could be. Yeah, he could definitely be cyclical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I will say about Dave Grohl is his shows are a little too long. And I know like this is a, a controversial opinion. It's spe- both Anthony and Hunter would hate this opinion, but maybe you can appreciate it more, especially since we talked about keeping this episode shorter. Mm-hmm. I just don't like to if people are enjoying it, I like to leave them wanting more. I like to not over over abuse their trust and we we saw foo fighters on a monday night and he comes out and he's like call the babysitter tell him you're staying up late and then he played a three and a half hour set and it's too long um i think by the end all these people who are like i've waited so long to see dave Grohl do the show we're like i'm also kind of tired now so this is a tough one because i actually don't really like live music at all uh because of this reason what <laughs> you don't like live music i like that i get to go on top of your hot take with a oh my god you did i seriously all the all the angry foo fighters fans are like with the foo fighter the triple f's all of the angry triple f's are like in the middle of a screed and they're like by the way there are space right fans as well um, those are all it's the triple the triple letter verse uh, yes exactly play um also <laughs> It's good to have them in your universe in case there's ever trouble. Uh, the the point is, you definitely you were like, oh man, your take is hot, but <laughs> hold my oven mitts. No, it's because here's the thing. I one of my favorite things about say like going out to eat to restaurants is when you look at a place and you're like, you know what, this menu on the window, it's not for me, and you just leave. Um, and you get to sort of like save yourself from like being in a experience you don't want. And the problem I have with like a like live music experiences you really can't leave right like what? it's really tough to actually leave like because no, like here's the thing one like assuming like you're in a crowded space right like you know, it actually literally will take a while to leave uh well sure also like it's you it kind of has a kind of like a new year's eve kind of feel where it's like i'm supposed to be enjoying this a lot um mm. like like i paid money for this um i and and so you're like you want to kind of get your money's worth but also it's nice when you can just not be there. Um, like I, I, I like I like going to bed, you know, early um, slash at all when possible. I will. Yeah. I mean, your lifestyle is different for me. I will say the one, one thing that changed and made mu- like live music even more fun for me is that I don't usually mess with opening bands. I just have other things to do. So if it's like showtime is at eight, I'm going to fit. I'm going to go on Twitter or I'm going to go on the band's website. I'm going to find out where they're going to list somehow. I'm going to find out where the, sh- the actual set times are. And it's going to be like band. I like starts at 10, 10. I'm going to be there at 10 Oh five. I'm here to watch this headlining band. I want to see their set. And then I want to go home and I'm not going to mess around. So that has helped. I think, yeah, I mean, that, that makes it. I think if you get me a situation where say I could like, um, uh, like know that like the kids are well taken care of. I will get a good night's sleep the next night, like that night also, and like we'll wake up later. Right. Okay. So that's an impossible made believe make believe situation. Right. A lot of things that have to be stacked up for this to go right, and then like um yeah, like 
then I could see it being good. Uh, but but yeah, like kind of as a setup currently, just like it's all right. So we'll back up. So you okay? So you were excited to see Dave Grohl in any situation. I am happy to see any appearance of a theremin. <laughs> so the fact that Keanu briefly paid it, played a theremin made me very happy. It's just the dumbest instrument, and I like that a lot. I also like a movie that is not does not have Terminator in the name, but heavily features the use of a Terminator. Did, I mean, did it really terminate, though? I mean, it was attempting to... T- we got terminate a lot of them. I mean, I guess because you can... You know, the soul survives death in this movie, which has got... I guess I hadn't even thought of this, but Bill and Ted does presuppose the existence of Christian afterlife. Well, I mean, but, I'm, I mean I'm sure it's... But, like, also, I mean, like... Uh, well, yeah, we have Jesus, like, walking through... Like, walking on water mm-hmm. in, like the, in the past mm-hmm. also. I mean, like, we also have... Um, there's a van that survives death, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. So the existence of an immortal soul, even in cars, is <laughs> part of the cars universe. Is part of the universe. Yeah, exactly. Well, so um, he does, but he does laser people to death. He terminates, and anytime you send a doesn't robot, it's not terminal. assassin. Yeah, well, yeah, it should be. They should have stayed dead, and we don't know. In the this is the thing about the Terminator movie is we never actually see them in hell, so you can't tell if they would have been able to talk their way back into life. That's so true. They could have I, but I wish that the only thing I wish is that they had acknowledged that it was a Terminator because like Robot Assassin from the future is such a well-known name that I just wanted them to say like, we can't tell you what it's called, but it is one who terminates and he's going on a mission. <laughs> um, uh, did you yeah. recognize that actor or did you know that, who that actor is? I, I felt like I recognized, but then forgot to Google it. Who is it? Okay, so it's the dude who plays um, like the, the guy with the shaved head in Barry, if you saw Barry. Oh yeah! Wait, he's the shaved head guy. Yeah, he's the gang leader. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so good! Right? I love that guy in Barry. I've only seen the first season, but man, he's delightful in that season. I've only seen this, the first season because I heard it got darker after that. And I was like, you know what? This was dark enough. The second exactly. <laughs> happened to us we watched the first season and episode one of the second season and now we're like we really like the show but it was pretty gnarly yeah um, it's fine we don't need more uh yeah, yeah this is uh anthony kerrigan oh that's so crazy i had no idea oh i love that i can't wait to tell megan um i okay so about time travel though to to pull this together um because we are not being as efficient as i'd hoped as we discussed, and I want, and look, I know you have a, you, the kids are taken care of tonight, but I can't promise you'll have a good night's sleep tomorrow. So we have to oh, wrap this up. Call the babysitter, man. <laughs> We've got, we have got to bring this in for landing. So in general, gentlemen, Dave Grohl, what do you like in, what do you like in time travel? What do you not like in time travel? What are your favorite time travel versions? Um, I like, okay. I like the one where it's not like things can actually change. Uh, where it's not just like this is how it's been all along, and you're like fulfilling the thing. That's that, that's that's less fun for me. Um, yes. So like say that's, yes. that's that's kind of how like uh, uh, at least in the movie part of Harry Potter three they did it where it's like this is sort of just like completing the loop. That's kind of like meh. Um, I, yeah, and it, I mean, look, I, not not intellectually, I don't want to say that it's like not a, a fun. Ex- it's not an important exercise, or it's not even more reasonable in some way. But like, I feel like uh, Back to the Future is what everybody want that like that's the common understanding of time travel that's how people would like it to work cuz it's a fun thought you can go back make your current life better and it does not actually make sense it's a paradox but all of them are so why don't we do the fun one anyway yeah um, i don't back to the future is the most perfect version of it i think and so anyone who's like when you do the second and third steps you just kind of clog it up in a way that doesn't necessarily add fun to me it's a tough one with back to the future cuz part of that is like like the real time, like real time changing in the future, also, which is weird, right? Like the that's true. Disappearing one, uh, but I still like it. Like there's um, uh, another one, uh, Frequency, that I liked a lot. If you ever saw that, um, I didn't see Frequency. I, I dug it. Well, anyway, there's some weird bits also uh, of it, but it's like basically he's uh, it's a it's a, a son um, who is talking to his dad thirty years in the past, basically. Um, mm. And there's sort of like some like it's like has like some actiony stuff, and they're like. Um, there's one part where he's like, he's trying to like get in touch with him basically. And the dad in the past is sort of like drawing, like he's sort of like, like soldering basically like sort of like uh, burning marks into the table that his son is going to be sitting at, you know, 30 years in the future. And oh yeah. You see like the, the, you know, the letters like appearing in real time, which doesn't really yeah, yeah. make a lot of sense. Right. Cause they should always no. be there. But like, it's like, it's a cool moment to have those kind of like show up. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, or, or like the looper 
um, getting his fingers chopped off. It's the opposite version of that. Yeah, yeah, right. We're, um, yeah. yeah, I um, we 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 want. I think we want. We're in the a con. Well, there's only one time. See, we're all in the same ocean of time. You go back, you change things. It happens to your future, but yet you do remember the other version where you weren't like this. You know, all of a sudden there's a truck in the garage. Like those things are good in time travel. And this is like what I what I like about this is they're like only doing that to like help themselves in these minor ways. And that there's also, but being, mainly they're just like, I want to go visit this person and see what it's like. I want to go hang out. And what I love about this series is that. Everybody they visit from time is super chill about traveling through time and being part of your school project. Like every one of them is like, what? Okay, I give up. Like they don't spend a lot of time fighting with every people who don't speak English are just like happy to be along for the ride. Like in the second one, it's or in the first one, it's like Billy the Kid, who's just like, I'm the time travel wrangler. I got this under control. Yeah, I think that's the main thing I, I want for most of my time travel movies is I don't want to spend a lot of time ahead of the characters. Yes. Right? So like yes. that, like, I think the sooner they get on board and we can have fun with it down, like, you know, if you need like, you know, like a hand wave, like one line lampshade type thing mm-hmm. in order to get me like, you know, feel good about it for like the, for the, I'm um, actually in the audience. Uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, but like, mostly I like, I want that early, uh, like alignment acceptance, the yes, ending, right. Uh, and, and as long as sort of like you aren't establishing new rules, I think along the way, I think then it generally holds together and you give like, you end up with a like a feeling of like yeah this feels right and even if like you have like sort of a um a complaint later on where it's like oh i wonder if that like does that really how that's supposed to work like was that really consistent if it takes you like you know a day or so to get to that point and you're still having a good time for the most part like i think that's probably fine yeah i totally agree um one thing that does make it weird when you do a 30-year sequel this is always going to be strange is if you do 30-year sequel the technology and movie making and set building is all so much better that you are going to run into this problem where the future all of a sudden looks way different than the future used to. Mm. And I do think that's one place where this movie like a lot, like it allowed that to happen in a way that like now it's the phone booth or the magic egg. Yeah. So like, I just, I wish they'd taken a little bit to just be like, look, the future looks exactly like it did in those first two movies where it's just like, Oh, if you're from the future, you wear sunglasses and uh, you're in a white room and, and just not expand it too much i feel like it did get a little too shiny and a little too fancy in the future um with the cg and like something like the traveling to the time circuits they made it look nicer and i think you should go out of your way to make it look exactly like it did in the 80s because supposedly those are the time circuits for all time yeah uh, i mean this is kind of the um let's see i think star wars basically did this right where it's like even in like the newer things like they have sort of like the kind of older like 80s looking janky um like uh like readout screens basically on um on like the like all the like starships yes i I, the screens are the main thing if you're gonna when you do futurism in the 80s and 90s you're gonna have the wrong screens you most people guess wrong on screens and so (laughs) most movies you're gonna have small green screens and it's not gonna look like so yeah sticking with that is super helpful although the flip side of star wars star wars is the prequels where it's like Wow, crazy. The technology used to be so good. And then <laughs> it got worse. Um, yeah, it got worse. And you can you can lampshade it and say that the you know, this is the the what the empire is, but it doesn't make any sense. Well, one thing that's kind of fun that I wanted to call out from the from the first one, which is like just kind of a delight, um mm-hmm. uh is that okay. We we have no idea how we actually learn Rufus's name, George Carlin's character. Um like when he doesn't say i'm rufus no what happens when hmm. when they when they all meet in the circle k um like uh so we have uh we have like present bill and ted we have bill and ted you know from a little bit in the future uh they say hi to rufus and they say rufus and that's the only time that his name is gets mentioned is when future bill and ted like you know uh say hi so we have no idea how it actually happens interesting uh, that's a fun little oopsie, right? But and like it's like this doesn't doesn't make it worse. It's just it's like that like that's weird, and that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what's another um, last chance? What, what last other things about time travel that you that are either pet peeves or things that make you delighted? I so I generally do like the bad future for a bit, as long as you don't. Touch oh yeah, yeah. Bit. Like I like. I, oh yeah, I love I love a, a Biff Tanner timeline. Um, like a little, give me a little bit of bad future, um, and, and then like to to like go back, uh, and and like have that those chances. I think they're great. Uh, do you do you do you do you like going forward or going back more? 
what would your i mean i feel like if i mean when we're writing i generally prefer to go back i think um just well one thing is that when you're writing the back or you're thinking about it like when when people talk about if you could go any time with your time machine it's either like a very specific moment in the past or generally the future because we don't know and so i think it's just easier to think about the past um but i do but like yeah the future is more creatively open-ended which i enjoy a lot so um i guess pass what do you think uh I, I I thought if I talked long enough, I'd figure yeah, out how I felt. No, I, and then the answer is I feel both ways. I think I usually would go like, I don't really care about a far future necessarily. Um, I, I care about, I guess where the personal connection is. Cause I think I like, I think I like time travel fundamentally as a way of, of trying to deal with your regrets, I guess, and your missed opportunities. Um, right. And yeah. so yeah. that's usually like, like that's usually means you're going to the past or you're, you know, if you're going to the future, it's like your own personal future, which is also good. Well, that's one of the reasons I like actually really low budget future, like in the first movie, where they're just like, it's a phone booth. We all wear sunglasses. We're just sitting cross legged. We don't explain any of it. And then you leave. And they don't make a big deal out of like trying to predict a lot of futurism. It's just like, we look like cheap future. And I, I enjoyed that very much. Um, I do think, yeah, and I agree to, there's more emotional stakes in the past, mm-hmm. generally. Although, I guess if we're like, you know ghosts the ghost of christmas future is the one that really got him you know the past and the present were both like oh my my employees mean to me his christmas party behind my back i'll be all right and then the future ghost is like did you know you're gonna die one day and he's like well shit well no it's you're gonna change everything one day and everyone's gonna be super happy about it yes that i guess that's part of it although he did seem more like when he like brushes off the graves and he's like what does it say oh my god it's my name like you didn't think you were gonna die and be in a grave what part of that is surprising to you young 35 year old (laughs) (laughs) you should have been like okay yeah i hope this is a good year i hope i had a good time (laughs) anyway i yeah i i like um I think emotionally the stakes are just more are, are higher with like what do you regret and change. I want to change things that I did wrong in this episode. I don't want to go fix two forty nine. You know, right? No. Or three forty nine. I guess we already did two. Which well, we've done both. What what episode season three episode forty nine? Oh, uh, okay. Because we already did have a three forty nine, and it had problems also. Um, it's so many. Um, uh, is there in final thoughts? Is there a movie? that you would like to see a 30-year sequel from? Is there another 30-year sequel that you think would not suck? Mm, this is good. And this is a question I gave you to feed me, and I haven't thought about it's it yet. It's weird that you called it good, too, because that was, I was not going to let you get away with that. This no, is no. your question. This is still a good question. I like I like whoever ans- whoever asked this was really smart. <laughs> I'm not smarter than future self, because they, didn't, they couldn't have realized that this would be asked to them at one point. <laughs> so that one's on me. Uh, I'm looking for all these joke answers where like they couldn't possibly have a, a like a, a sequel. Um, like I would want to see I don't know Casablanca. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm kind of curious. Like like what? Oh, happened? I like that idea yeah. of taking something that's like yet yeah, that old and being like, let's check in with their grandkids, and then they have to go on a very similar Casablanca like adventure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, actually, that'd be kind of interesting. Where it's like it's their like grandkids, like you know, finding out like the um, like the love story, basically of these like uh, of 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 them, like that they never like they didn't end up together, right? But like sort of like find this like this affair uh, and this like past love, um, uh, like that'd be kind of interesting to have this like oh, wow, like you know, like, you know, I, my great grandma like uh, you know had had this whole other life uh and i i like that i also like the idea of any like a rom-com so i since this is from 89 i was like looking at 89 movies and if it was like when harry and sally had their 30-year anniversary Hmm. like i might be interested in that just like show show me like an old married couple that still likes each other but then has to go deal with some stuff um the thing that that spun off from that was like just if i'm thinking just you know, great friendships, basically, the people I want to check in on and, like, sort of see how they're mm-hmm. aging. Like, uh, like, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. I just... Oh, yeah. I really... there's always another yeah, reunion. Like, it, there's it, always it, a larger number reunion. Yeah, like, or, you know, their kids go go to high school or, you know... Right, right. There's other schools they could have gone to, other reunions. Uh, but, yeah, I just... I think there's something... It's comforting, I think, when you see there's some things that are constant enough. I guess, like, say, like, 
Bill and Ted's friendship that like it mm-hmm. it is still very strong um and that it kind of like stands the test of time because I think like you know they're the characters are you know ageless in the movie right um you know but we're not and it's nice to sort of like kind of check in with the actors and sort of like say there are some things that like that stay the same I guess and that's that is I think deeply comforting especially in like uncomfortable uh like really 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 changing times uh, so I think this is like a good a generally a good era for nostalgia right now here's a bad pitch for you I like it undead poet society oh so it's just Robin like- Williams as a zombie as himself uh, I never saw Dead Poets Society because I think I also got uh, that and um, like the there's like a Dead Presence uh, thing at the same the dead time. Dead Presence, they rob a bank. Yeah, yeah. I think I really got confused with those two, but it's part of the dead, the, the dead, the dead peas verse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Dead P is too specific. We just left it at dead. There's a lo- the dead universe is very <laughs> large. The dead P universe is going to be a lot harder. <laughs> um yeah i think yeah the, then the the dead that's just the dead verse um evil dead uh i'm assuming is part of yeah. it um, yeah for sure um I, i'm not thinking of other movies with dead in it because it's too easy um all right uh we should wrap up on that i would love to hear people at home uh weigh in on other 30 year at least movies that you could make a sequel that might not suck i guess is the question that i would look for what if you start with something that's really bad also just like something that doesn't well, that, yeah, you know, our theory back in the day when we were watching a lot of bad things was whenever people say the book is better, this actually kind of brings us back to the conversation from earlier. When people say the book is better than a movie, they're usually thinking of movies where the book was good. But if you start with bad books, a lot of the movies are better. So, like, the Twilight series really does improve plot wise on that sluggish series. And things of that nature. There's a lot of things where it's like, well, the book wasn't that good, so the movie's way better. Um, or my my favorite example is uh, The Prestige, which I did go the other order, so admittedly I watched the movie first, but the book, not that good. And nobody really loves the book. It's just got kind of an interesting concept at its heart that someone turned into a good movie. So, which is why, why don't, this is what I want, is more people to reboot bad movies with a good concept in it somewhere. As opposed to trying to reboot a good movie. No one wants to give money to things that have already failed in some way. Uh, I know it's weird, and and it's I, I'm finding this every day in Hollywood, and it's been very frustrating for me. <laughs> please, please, can we can we reboot uh, Ishtar? Me? Yeah. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, no, I meant that was as me as somebody who's like uh, trying to get uh, money for something that's already failed. Um, um, that's going to have to be good enough because we have got to get going. Otherwise, we're going to be here till three a.m. And you want I want you to sleep well tomorrow night. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, I do. Sorry, I started the music. Well, you weren't ready. Go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I, w- I would still be interested, like, in th- if we, uh, Twilight in 30 years. Oh, um, so she's a longtime vampire. Been a vampire for a while. We had, we got, uh, baby Renezme. um, like, is- you know, I, has someone done vampires in the future? Because they're immortal. So if we took, like, any vampire franchise that was, like, current, and we're like, let's see them in the space world in 30 years, because it, it does seem like their life would get harder uh would it well wait vampires i didn't think about it i think actually like look this is this is legit right because if they don't like really need to breathe or can't die like they're being great like they're gonna very easily colonize uh other planets i mean it would be slow but if you could just kick a vampire hard enough to get them out of earth's gravitational pull if you could if you could get overcome oh wait no but uh, how are we gonna deal with that they have to be twilight vampires that's fine wait because oh right oh yeah 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 no no you're exactly right it's it, it would because they would blow them up as soon as they're outside of the cloud cover that's such a good point they need earth night and day yeah but no but um twilight vampires you get them the dark side of the moon uh they'll be totally good that's so you, so you take you take vampires with a space proof umbrella and then kick <laughs> them with escape velocity they will just slowly get to mars i like I that you wouldn't even give them like you know just sort of like like a backseat uh for like you know a spacex flight or anything you have to only only well yeah i guess if you just like like they went on that space when spacex launched a car for no reason if they were like there's also a vampire and he just gets ejected and just slowly floats until he gets somewhere um Um, that is a good point because they don't need to breathe or eat but they do need so do vampires if they don't get blood on a time frame like do they get do vampires get hangry? Yes, I That's think hangry, I hangry is the expen- extent of it, for sure. Maybe like a but little... But they don't die from lack of new blood? I don't think that's been a thing. 
I feel like how could they not? Then there's no there's no hurry. <laughs> like, well, are mean, you saying that in every vampire book that's ever existed, book and movie, the whole of vampire lore, there's never been a ticking clock? They've always just been like, well, blood sure would be nice. Well, I mean, hold on a sec. There are a lot of most of the books that we're reading that are with vampires are not just like worried about the vampire survival. It's like, oh no, how are they going to get a snack? We're so we're scared about them. Oh, the service is really slow. Oh, they what are you suggesting? <laughs> Where is this is my walk? reading on all these vampire products is like the surface in this town is slow <laughs> uh, all right that's got to be enough all right guys thank you so much for listening time travelers and meat buddies we'll be back again next week thank you so much for voting not next week i'm sorry old uh, habit thanks for listening to ezra credit you guys um we'll be back in a in some sometime in the next month to talk about a holiday movie of your choice so go ahead and send in your nominations now and then i'll put it to vote in a few days and thanks to the meat buddies who voted on this i hope all of you had a good time and if you want to become a meat buddy please do so it would really help us out go to metreon.com and we would we welcome all questions and corrections and comments and feedback podcasts at read-weep.com is the easiest way to email us um, although if you send us a thing on Patreon and you are a meat buddy I will also get it I can't promise better service but I will also it, it all wait, comes to the same wait, inbox, you might but, as well promise better service right otherwise there's right, no I promise to en- answer any message sent through Patreon 10% faster than an email and he'll be smiling while he's doing it and I'll I will be happier a nicer shirt You'll, you'll feel that in the words that he's typing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always I dress for the email I want to send. As it's been so fun hanging out with you. It's been a delight. I really appreciate you coming back for this, and I look forward to talking to a holiday movie with you if you can find the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back into cryostasis for the next month, but I'll <laughs> to Get a good night's sleep tonight, but more importantly, get a good night's sleep tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll talk to everybody later. Bye.